So as I began to think about those two events and the responses that people had, we saw uh, all kinds of, you know, the responses were all over the spectrum. Fear, hopelessness, uh, why these were asked. These were things. And so I began to, just for my own personal uh, thought process, began to think, you know, how should we respond to these? What uh, conversations or reactions should we have when these things happen, I'm not talking about, you know, the ramif- changing things. I'm talking about us, how we respond and react. So we're not going to be talking about the political issues about it. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about how we respond in light of events that seemingly have no meaning and how they should change us and how we should react to them. And so, as I said, I've gone through an awful lot of uh, just thinking about this. Where am I? What do I believe in light of these things? And how do I react in light of these things? And um, it's brought me to a couple of thoughts. One is a, a, a truth and a motivation, let's say. So two things that it, it's brought me to. And the first one may seem kind of unrelated, but it's not. It actually is. The, I want to back up just a second. The second point is what started this thought and process, but the first part is what's really been blessing me over the last couple of weeks. And the first thing we need to know This first point is that God wants our love. God wants our love. And He's not just any kind of love. He wants love, the same kind of love between a husband and wife. That's why He calls us His bride. He wants that kind of love from you and me. Now, I look at my wife, and I'm going to talk about her a lot probably. She's rolling her eyes. This kind of love, this kind of relationship is what God wants with us. Now, you need to understand, He doesn't demand it. He doesn't, because true love, quite honestly, can't be demanded. That's why He uses the words, I want your love. That's what I'm hearing. It's, he wants our love. It's not demanded. He can't create it. I suppose He could. But would true love be true love if it were created if you had no choice in the matter is it true love I mean if, if, if you were no choice to say to Ryan I'm you know whether you love him or not that's not true love is it God wants true love from us he wants us to love him just like a bride loves her husband or a husband loves his bride now, that's, that's, for me, pretty deep thought. I know how much I love my wife. And I have a good idea how much she loves me. And there's nothing more intimate than that. There's nothing, in my opinion, greater than that type of love. And that's what God wants from us. He couldn't create it because it wouldn't be true love. He can't demand it from us. Because it wouldn't be true love. True love also, and this, one, this might ravel you a little bit, but true love also can't be earned. Okay? I, when I was growing up, I had a friend named Randy Wallace, and we're in high school, and you know, he was in love with this girl, Linda Tyler. It's good I remember, still remember the names. And why not? She was a great... I mean, she was one of those girls in school that everybody liked, and she was just such a great 
we all had friends where there's something. He loved her. He did everything he could. He was, I mean, he was to woo her, to, you know, earn her love. And finally it came down to the, the one conversation that no guy wants to hear. You know, you're like a brother to me. <laughs> you know? He did all he could to earn her love. But you're just like a brother to me. True love can't be earned. It has to be given. Okay? It has to be given. If it's true love, I have to freely give it to my wife. And that's true love. Now, don't get me wrong. We do all we can to impress, to woo our brides. At least I hope I did. Apparently, I mean, 38 years, it's got to be something, right? (laughs) Something had to work right, right? We do what we can. And God has, from the beginning of time, spent his, all his effort to woo us. My, uh, my mother-in-law, who is now 100, was married to my father-in-law for 75 years. And, huh? Excuse me, 77 years. I'm sorry. Okay, don't, don't argue with the wife. 77 years. She used to say, and we used to love to hear this, he chased me right up until I caught him. <laughs> and that's, that's where we're at, I believe. That's what God is doing. He's wooing us. He's chasing us. He's doing all he can to show us how much he loves us And he's going to continue to do that right up until we reach out and say, I give you my love. In fact, in my opinion, he has shown us the greatest act of love and wooing there can be by giving us free will. And God knew when he created us. He wanted us to love Him. He knew it wouldn't be real unless we chose to love Him. Now think about that. Now, the greatest act, in my opinion, in history was to give us free will of His love. That was the greatest act of His love. It culminated in the death of His Son on the cross for us. But it started with Him saying, I'm going to create Otto and I'm going to give Him free will. So he can choose not to love me. He can choose to go a different way. But I'm going to do all I can to woo him so that he will choose me. Now now think about this for just a second. When God gave us free will, what was he opening the world up to? Well, just look at the news. Just look at the world. Just look at the Garden of Eden. He knew what was going to happen. And this is the beauty. And this is why it's such an enormous thing, an enormous act of love. He knew the pain and suffering. He knew the grief he would have to go through and watch and endure. But he also knew if he didn't do this, he wouldn't get true love from us. He wouldn't get that freely given love that he's seeking. 
everybody understand what I'm saying here? Is that, is that making sense to you? I think it's the greatest news there ever was, is that God gave us free will so that we can freely choose him. And then by giving us free will, he began to woo us, realizing that we as sinners would need salvation because he wants a bride. And so he knew when he, the minute he said, I'm going to give them free will, he knew he had to die for us. What? What an amazing act of love. What an amazing act of love. He's, he's done all that for us to say, I love you freely. Now, when's the last time you said that? I mean, do you, do you love God? Don't answer that. You don't have to. Or you can if you want to. Do you love God? Yes. I don't think we think about it that much. I really don't. How often do you think about how, how much you love God? How often do we even think about that? Do we love... I wonder sometimes if we're not in love with the idea of the lifestyle and the life of, that we live, or more in love with that than we are actually thinking about, I love God. When I was 19, well, no, excuse me, before that, when I was in high school, I got married at 19, by the way, in case y'all are wondering. When I was in high school, the only thing I wanted to do, and, I, and, and my wife knows this, is get married and have kids. Don't know why, but that's just, that's how I was, I was built. So that's why I kind of got married at 19. I, you'll have to ask her why she did it so early, but I know that's why I did it. <laughs> I was kind of at that point in love with a life that I wanted. Not, not a wife, a life that I wanted. Fortunately, I found a wife that I love way more than the life that I'm living. Does that make sense? I hope so. It does to me anyway. But I was in love with this lifestyle. The, belief, you know, the whole thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just like there's nothing wrong with... When I think about loving God, I love being a Christian. I love the church. I love all, That's all good. But God doesn't necessarily want you just to say that. He wants you to say, I love you. I love you. Whether, I mean, if there were no church, if there were no anything else, I love you. It doesn't matter. I love you, God. When was the last time you said that? I mean, really said that. I have to confess, I was, I think, stuck in the idea of saying when I said I love God, it encompassed the whole life and the whole belief system. Nothing wrong with that in one sense. But when I tell my wife I love her, I'm not saying I love the whole marriage system that we're in. That's not what I, that's what, what I mean when I tell her that. I love you. I get to do that. Yeah, that's fun. How, when's the last time you told God, I love you? Just, I love you, God. Well, I will tell you, one of my greatest joys in life is telling my, my wife every day that I love her. And it's a joy to me. I get to do it more than most because we work in the same room. It's an office upstairs in our house. She's two feet away from me. So I get to see her a lot. And so I get to tell her a lot that I love her. And I get great joy out of that. 
And I also get great joy when she tells me. But what I've learned over the last two weeks, because this part kind of, well, more than that, over the last month or so, when I really began to see this as, you know, that's when I switched from the second point to this being the most important point of what I want you to hear today. I began to tell God, I give you my love. Which is a little bit stronger for me anyway than I love you. No, I willingly, freely, without strings, give you my love. Now think about that a minute. How many of you would give your love to God if you knew there was no strings, there was nothing you get back in return? I give you my love, expecting nothing back. Because I just love you. I think that's what he wants. Now, when I tell my wife I love her, there's no strings. But I know that the whole life comes with it. So we're not cutting ourselves out from that. But he wants us to say, I love you no matter what. Whether things are good, things are bad, things are right, things are wrong, things are working, things are broke. It doesn't matter. I love you. I like the way Marianne started the worship this morning. If you're feeling good, worship him. If you're feeling bad, worship him. If you've got problems, worship him. Well, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. I love you, God. Not because you've earned it, which he has immensely. You've wooed me, and I love you. My love for you is not based on anything you've done. And he's done a lot. My love for my wife is not based on anything she's done. And I hope, boy, the other way around I hope is really true. Because, you know, she does a lot more for me than I do for her, I think. But my love for God is not based on anything he's done. He doesn't want it based on what he's done. He wants it based on, I love you because you wooed me and I love you and you're wonderful. It's, it's, y- y- y'all catching what I'm saying here, I hope? This, this revolutionized me. I get such joy and freedom now telling God, I mean, I'm usually in the shower. I don't know why. I'm usually in the shower and there waiting because I've got this time thing I've got to do with my hair. And it's like, oh, God, I, gotta, I love you, God. I give you my love. Give you my love. When's the last time you did that? Let's do it now. Okay, let's just take a minute. Let's just take a minute and tell God. Not just, I love what all you've done. I love the system I'm in. I love the church. I love who you are or what you... No, I just love you. I just love you. Go ahead. Take, a, take just 30 seconds and say that. God, I give you my love. I give you my love freely. Freely, I give you my love. That's really all you have to do is say that, you know? I think sometimes we feel like we need to add something else. Nah, just I give you my love, God. Which brings us to the next point, which is a little less... I, I, I might ruffle a few feathers. And I don't want to, but I'm going to have to. The problem with the free will thing that he gave us is 
Basically, he's saying, I'm not in control because you have free will. People in this world have free will. So God gave up control of the world so that he could win a bride. What that means is bad things happen. Random things happen to us. Shooting in, in Sutherland Springs. It was an evil thing. But it was a random thing that happened to them in the sense that nobody there, there was not a reason that it happened to them except it was just some evil thing that happened. Some guy that probably mentally unstable. Just a random thing. These things happen. God is not in control because he chooses not to be of everything. So that he can find a bride who loves him. Now, the problem with this is, when these things happen, I believe, especially many in the church, tend to try to assign some sort of reason for why it happens. When, when, uh, when Raquel passed, tragic accident. No reason for it. Just an I mean... Sure, we might could come up with some reason in this, as far as mechanical or whatever. We don't really know. But there was no reason for it. But some, we heard, tried to say, well, God wanted her at home. No. It's unhealthy to try to assign or try to figure out a reason for these things. To try to make it fit into a belief system, possibly. If that belief system doesn't include a random aspect, then it's unhealthy. A lot of things get assigned to God that aren't really anything he had anything to do with. It's just the randomness of life. Then sometimes things get assigned to others that maybe God did have something to do with. It's just unhealthy and it leads us in a wrong path. I believe that the kingdom of God, I believe that God does break into the world. He does divinely and supernaturally intervene at times. But it's not often. It's not always for sure. And to be honest with you, I don't really understand when and why it happens. But I do know this. God does intervene into this world. Not necessarily supernaturally, but more incarnationally. You understand that? God has put himself inside of me to intervene in this world when things happen. We have the Spirit of God living within us. God intervenes in the world through us more than anything else. That's why he said, you have the ministry of reconciliation. That's why he told us to pray for healing. That's why he told us to be that voice of the kingdom. To this world. We are his voice. We are his intervention. Doesn't mean he doesn't supernaturally do it. Uh, because you know we work in the Muslim world over in, in Palestine, and there's so many people getting just out of the blue dreams of a man in white that are kingdom. So God does intervene. But mostly he's going to work through us. So in light of this, how do we respond? How do we react? How do we live our lives? I mean, do we embrace randomness and just say, 
All right, I'm going to say this first. If you don't understand this quote, please raise your hand. I just want to see. So do we embrace randomness or do we just say K sera sera? Anybody not understand that? <laughs> I told Maria, it's, it's a real old movie. I don't, what if everybody doesn't hear that or don't know what that's about? Basically, that means whatever will be, will be. The song Doris Day used to sing. Doris <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I only know this because I really like classical music. I mean, movies, classical movies. Music, too, but movies mostly. That's the only reason I know Doris Day is. <laughs> Are we embracing that attitude? Whatever will be, will be. Do we say that or do we really take the time to pray about life? Well, there's two truths. There's two things to think about when we're, when we're wrestling with this question. Ultimately, there's nothing that can take you from God. He holds you. And should death come... You're still there. Paul said, away from the body is to be with the Lord. Raquel is rejoicing with him as we speak. He was there to meet her. It was an accident. He didn't cause it, but he was there to meet her. He said, look, you're here. Ultimately, that's a truth we can hold on to. No matter what happens to us here, our lives are secure in him. The beauty of that truth, besides this, the, the beauty of going to be with him for eternity, is that gives us the freedom to wade in where others won't. That gives me the freedom to go to places that a lot of people won't go. I mean, we go to the Middle East twice a year. A lot of people are, I, I talk to people all the time, how could you go there? What? It's where I go. I can wade in because I don't have this hanging over my head of fear of death. Should it be the last trip? We're going in about two, two and a half weeks. Should it be the last trip? Okay, cool. Kids can figure the rest of it out. That's their problem. I will tell you a story real quickly. When I was working at WIM, I don't know if I ever told you this, Mary. No, I was the director of operations at WIM, and so I was going to Venezuela to visit our missionaries in Venezuela. And... Uh, the night before I left, it was a Sunday, I was at church, or the day before I left, I was at church, and the guy came up to me, and he said, you're going to Venezuela tomorrow? I said, yeah. I said, you ever been to Venezuela? I said, no. My, it was my first trip. Actually, it was my last trip, too. I haven't been back since that one time. I said, no, never been. He said, anybody going with you? I said, no, it's just me. I'm going down to see the missionaries. He said, have you ever met those missionaries? I said, no. I, and I hadn't. I hadn't met those at, until then, yet. So you're going to a place you've never been to meet people you don't know in a country that's, led, you know, that's Venezuela. I said, yeah. I said, why? How can you do that? I said, well, and for me, it's like, why not? You know, what's, what's the issue here? We can wade in when others are afraid to go because ultimately we haven't got a, you know, there's the ultimate price is not really a price for us. Okay. Funny thing about that story, when I got there, it was in the middle of a coup. <laughs> the people picked me up and said, we're kind of in the middle of a coup right now, so we're going to have to take the long way out of the airport. And I said, okay, no problem. I was there for the weekend. The government changed hands four times and was back to the original government before I left on Monday. <laughs> we were at the beach the whole time. We were at the beach. It was a great trip. 
We have that freedom. So I, I challenge you with that. Wade in. Whether it be here at home. Uh, you know, last week we heard about inner city ministry. One of the toughest places I think you could work. Wade in. Whether it be overseas, wade in. The cost is not, there is no cost in the sense of if you lose everything. You lose nothing except what's here and then you go there. Okay? The second thing is that we need to remember about the whole why we don't live Sarah Sarah is because the Holy Spirit is in us. Okay? The Holy Spirit. Let me read this to you. It's from John chapter 14, 15 to 17. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the word cannot receive, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Remember when we told God we loved him? He says back, I love you. Here's my spirit. I'm going to put it in you. That spirit lives within us to lead us and guide us. Okay? We don't have to walk through this life blindly saying whatever is going to happen is going to happen. We can walk through this life saying, God, you have a plan. And if I will listen to the spirit you've put in me, I can hear what you think I should do. See, once again, it's, it's a free will thing. We have to choose first to listen to what the Spirit is saying to us. And then we have to choose to do it. My wife tells me things a lot. Sometimes I don't listen. Usually I should because she's smarter than I am. In this sense, a lot of times the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and we don't listen. And so things go wrong. But if we will listen, I believe God has a plan for your life and my life. And if I'll listen to His Spirit, to His voice, He'll lead me down that path. Now that doesn't mean that random stuff can't break in. But that's less likely to happen if I'm listening to His Holy Spirit. If I hear that voice. Now, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Through His Word, you can read His Word. Prayer. Otto and I can have a conversation. I don't know why I'm picking on you today, Otto, but hey. Otto and I can, through conversation, one of my, one of my best friends is, is uh, we get together for lunch fairly regularly, and, and I've had so much inspiration from God just in conversation with him. Him talking, me talking, thinking, oh, that, that really makes sense. Okay. If we open our ears to any source of input that God might have or use, and he used a donkey in the Bible, so you know, be open to a lot of things, he will lead us. Are you facing a decision today? Take time to listen. Then wait in. That make sense? Listen to what God is telling us. He's put that in there for us, and I don't think we use it personally. I know I don't use it as often as use use. That's a, I don't like using that word, but I don't access the wisdom that God has as often as I should. I don't take the time to say, Holy Spirit, what are, what are you thinking here? What do you think about this? 
Mary and I were talking about an idea yesterday or this past week we have been, and it just feels really good. And I, I believe it's a God thing. It's a God idea. That's how it happens. Sometimes it's at church, sometimes it's at work. It could be from a song that's not even Christian. You know, Don't limit how God can speak to you, but listen. Open your ears and listen, and He will lead you along a life that is not just Kesarasara, but it is determined, it's planned, and it can be productive. If we'll listen. So those, you know, are the two things that I got out of all this. And I'm hopefully not going to put my violin up and say I've done because the recital's over. But I'm going to continue to meditate on this. If you got nothing out of today except one point one thing, let it be. I love you, God. I give you my love, God. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we do love you. We do thank you for today. We pray right now for Scott and Susan as they're away that you bring them back safely to us. Lord, Father God, we love you. I give my love to you willingly because you are wonderful. We love you, God. Help us to listen to your spirit and to the plan that you have for us. Help us to follow the words from wherever they come from you to make the decisions we need to make. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Thanks for coming. Like I said, pray for Scott. They'll be home traveling on Tuesday. And you guys have a great week.